The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Well, that's to say calamity all day i didn't even talk about that rock band that just drives me crazy i like that music but it drives me crazy good morning folks it's friday uh what the hell day is it june 16th we're past the halfway mark of june does that make a difference um 2023 <laughs> last night was a uh complete disaster as far as my music live stream goes. Wow. And fortunately, the good news is only two people showed up. So only two people saw me make a complete ass of myself. I did erase the uh, <laughs> the live stream from Twitch. So hopefully uh, that will be it. Only two people know what a total waste of life I am. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. It's really difficult, and I didn't. I had no idea how difficult it is. First of all, doing that stuff by yourself, getting a good sound check, even with right equipment and stuff going, everything sounds great in the headphones. Now, uh, Ian, who was in in the uh, chat room, he's telling me, you know, the the voice was not loud enough. The guitar was real, and I was working with that and all that. It was difficult enough, but then I don't know. For some reason, I just could not get in sync with myself. These so- songs and and typical theory stuff that I I do every day of my life, I just could not get it together. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. I don't like playing with headphones on, even in the studio. Uh, so. It was just, a, a for me, a royal disaster, and I'm not sure I'm going to do it again. It was something I had been wanting to do for a long time. Um, and listen, the turnout is a, is a positive thing, but I did advertise for it. I put advertising on, uh, I spent some money on advertising to try to get people to come to that live stream last night, and only two people showed up, which... Again, it's a blessing. I'm glad nobody else showed up. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in any way disappointed by that. I'm disappointed in myself the way uh, couldn't couldn't get it together. Anyway, it and it surprises me because Kermit, and I, I mentioned this on the stream. Kermit Apio, I watch him do his, and he does it with a green screen. I think uh, he does it once a week, Thursday nights, and. His, he gets to sound flawless, and, and it, you know what? He does make some mistakes, though. It's weird playing 
music to a camera and lights. Now, you know there are people out there, two people watching. Generally, there's more than that. But uh, you don't feel them. You don't see them. You can't look in their eyes. And I don't know. For me, it felt like I felt like I was on another planet. I don't think I'm going to do that ever again. Anyway, uh, well, I, right now I'm feeling like I, I don't want to do that. See, on the bright side, then why don't fuck it? You know, I, I already humiliated myself and feel feel like what it feels to bomb. And not like I haven't done that before. Believe me, I've done that before. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know what? What do I got to lose now? I might as well go out and, and go to an open mic uh, night and do some comedy now that I now that I know that I can totally humiliate myself and suck and not die from it. Now I now I've got that in my consciousness. Um, there it is. Uh, anyway, um, so <laughs> next week. I have a, a pretty cool week to start off with. Uh, Ruthie Ferreira, who who was a very funny uh, young lady, she is going to be with me Monday. And then Jeremy, Doc Peterson, will be with me on Tuesday. And in the 10 o'clock hour, Sherry Jacobus, who is a former, uh, you would know her from television. She's a, a political pundit who, um, she's a, a former Republican um political analyst and strategist and her life was ruined by michael caputo working for donald trump and she's got a really interesting story to tell about that i think it's important for people to hear from people like this who've been personally ruined had their life ruined by just disagreeing with donald trump she again she was a republican she was in 2015 she was working for the Republicans, trying, you know, to get there. Whoever the Republicans decided to uh, run, trying to get them elected. And she's had some criticisms of Donald Trump, and they decided to ruin her life. And she'll be here with that story on Tuesday. I look forward to that. Um, you know, I... I know the po politics turns a lot of people off with this stuff, but you know what? I'm going to be who I am. Uh, I don't have time to or energy to try to fake who I am and, and not talk about the things that interest me. So that's what I'm going to do. One of the things, and this is political, but it's not political. Uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his program yesterday. Now, I quick to point out that uh, during that time where Rogan was in trouble uh, every day, people trying to cancel him for some one thing or another, cancel him, like he can be canceled, he can't be canceled, he owns his own show, but he he felt that way and he was, he was under a lot of um, criticism in the press and social media and that kind of stuff. Uh, he swore that he would never do politics again. And there he is with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, who was running for president. Now, I didn't watch the thing. I did catch uh, one quote from it, and I'll talk about that, because it, it's it's um, pretty revealing, I, I think. Um, but so RFK Jr., I don't think, it, well, I should say I didn't think, when he announced he was running for president, this guy doesn't have a shot in the world because his own party hates him. The other party likes him. The Republicans like him. He's a Democrat. The Republicans like him. His own party thinks he's nuts because he's an anti-vaxxer. And the most, the majority of the Democrats are very pro-vax. So they, they, his own party hates him. I didn't think he had a chance. But the more he, he is in the game and the more people... Uh, are gravitating to him. Listen, nobody, uh, the, the Democrats don't really like Biden either. Uh, most of them don't. They would prefer somebody who's still alive. <laughs> um, so they are looking for an alternative, and he appeals to some of them, but he definitely appeals to the Republicans because of his anti-vax stance and his old, so all that stuff. So now I'm thinking he has a chance, except 
or his last name. Oh, what's wrong with my voice? I should go clean my room. Uh, Jordan. I am going to clean my room, by the way. That's when I decided to get myself out of this funk that I'm in today. I'm going to clean my room. I'm going to take Jordan Peterson's advice. Yes, you heard it right. I'm taking Jordan Peterson's advice. I'm going to clean my room. Anyway, uh, his last name is Kennedy, and he's running for president. And that has happened twice before in this country. I'm not sure if you're aware of how those worked out. Well, one actually won. One, one, his uncle won, but that didn't last too long. Uh, some people didn't like him. Uh, a lot of people didn't like him. You know, people... Uh, somebody was on Jackie Martling was telling me, "Oh, people love Kennedy so much." No, 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 no. Some people love Kennedy so much. A lot of people hated Kennedy so much. You don't end up with your head blown off if everybody loves you. <laughs> uh, that's that's just simple math. Uh, head blown off. Not everybody loved him, and a lot of people didn't love Kennedy. The truth is, he was extremely unpopular and knew it. Uh, at, which is why he was campaigning early and got his head blown off. Now, RFK Jr., this is the quote that he, he was uh, with Rogan, and I, I got to watch the episode about this because he's talking about his uncle being assassinated. Well, he didn't so much talk about his father being assassinated, uh, but he's talking about his father being assassinated by the CIA. And the quote, he says, he's taking precautions not to let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I'm taking precautions not to let the mafia kill me. I'm taking precautions not to let the CIA kill me. What do you do? You live in a bubble? You live underground? You never take. You can't protect yourself. If the CIA wants you dead, listen. This is this is simple math. Again, the CIA CIA wants you dead. There is no precaution you can take other than never leaving you lock yourself in a, a cell somewhere underground a bunker underground never open the doors have even your food because you can't trust anybody at that point your food's going to be poisoned your water's going to be poisoned your air's going to be poisoned the CIA, CIA wants you dead you're dead so that is a stupid or a naive thing to say I'm taking precautions not to let that happen to me do you know what what you're dealing with? Listen, they killed John F. Kennedy, his uncle, and they've never faced any, you know, people talk about it, but nobody's ever gotten account, account held been, uh, been held accountable for it. Nobody ever will. So um, it is what it is, but uh, it, I, if he has a chance, he's... If he has a chance, he's probably going to get killed. I don't. I hope the Secret Service doesn't come here and say, "Hey, wait." You, no, I'm not saying I want him dead. I'm not saying that. Believe me, I don't want anybody killed, uh, and I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying his name is Kennedy, and uh, I think we have very uh, strong evidence that the people who really run shit don't want another Kennedy, uh, which is why his father didn't make it past. You know, he says this stuff on almost on the anniversary of his father's murder. Uh, yeah. Doug, I've taken precautions, too, against assassins wearing a giant condom suit at all times in public. <laughs> really? I mean, what, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> you can't do anything. If they want you to, it's like the mafia. I mean, you don't see them coming. That This is the, I hate to romanticize the whole mafia stuff because a lot of that stuff is just bullshit. It's not like uh, The Godfather. It's not like Goodfellas. It's not like The Sopranos. It really, maybe a little bit like The Sopranos in that <laughs> they, they do run garbage companies and stuff like that. That's where the, the fronts come in. But, you know what? If anything, The Sopranos is closest to, to real-life mob 
stuff. But the truth of it, in, like in Goodfellas, you don't see them coming. You can't take precautions. You get in your car to do something mundane and the world goes black and that's it. It's over. Lights out. That's how it works with the mafia. That's how it works with the CIA. I don't know if there are other groups out there. I'm sure there are uh, rogue government connected agencies that if they want somebody dead. Now, that goes for here. We know. We know for a fact that the CIA has tried to assassinate people and failed. But not Americans. (laughs) Uh, we're talking about, you know, Gaddafi, uh, we're talking about uh, Castro, people like that. But they're surrounded by military, their own military, they're surrounded. You don't, and Robert F. Kennedy certainly doesn't have the kind of protection that Fidel Castro had. So, you know, but I gotta, I gotta see the, now... <laughs> I gotta say, I was gonna say, I don't finish my sentences. This could definitely be dementia, as pointed out by my uh, friend the Bean. Um, uh, but so, what I, the sentence I was gonna come, I gotta see the Rogan interview. Now, I don't think Rogan problem. Is, Joe Rogan is got so much influence, but he's not really uh, a great interviewer. He's curious, and that helps. He's not a great listener, and he gets real. He gets his ego in the way of uh, the conversational. So, but I definitely am curious to see what three hours uh, with Rogan, what what Kennedy has to say, because he's not all fucking crazy. Some of the things he did with uh, Monsanto and and you know what, what what's the what's the uh, pesticide that everybody uses that was killing us all uh the i forget what it's called now it's dementia again uh but um ian's with us Uh, thank you for not telling the world how much i sucked last night ian i appreciate that ian says uh (laughs) they also killed mlk i'm not sure who killed uh martin luther king I don't think uh, James James Earl Ray did it on his own. I'm certain that Ray pulled the trigger on that. Uh, it seems like he had some help getting the cannon, but I'm not sure that was the CIA or, you know, that could have been KKK. It really could. No, I don't. I'm not saying they did it. I'm just saying it could have been. There's so many people who had reasons to want Martin Luther King dead for a, 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 over, a whole variety of, of reasons. So, uh, but yeah, they had, they killed him at the same time. Somebody killed him at the same time. And there was also uh, other, <laughs> other people getting shot down at that time. I mean, a couple of years later, we had um, Joe Colombo, which it seems purely mob related, but you know what? Maybe not so much. The mob has always touched government in a lot of ways. Touched them. I mean, like Doc Peterson with the glove on. Doc Peterson will be here Tuesday with the glove on to give me a colonoscopy live on the air. Um, who else? George Wallace was shot and and killed uh, in '72 too. So that whole period. I mean, and I lived through it, and I remember. Uh, I remember very well listening on the radio as Bobby Kennedy was was shot. And I was like, shocked that they would go after another Kennedy. And I was shocked that Ted Kennedy actually took on the government as much, the Republican establishment at the time, as much as he did and didn't get killed. But I think Chappaquiddick might have been uh, a warning I think that probably um, don't step too far. I don't think he just, you know, just drove off the bridge because he was drunk. A lot of people have driven that bridge drunk. (laughs) Everybody who went over that bridge, everybody. I mean, you're talking Martha's Vineyard, 
drunk is the name of the game. Oh, by the way, Mike Cernovich. Um, yesterday, I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Cernovich. He's a Republican, a very far right wing Republican guy. He claims that alcoholism, alcohol is wokeism. Anybody who drinks is a far left uh, radical. No conservatives drink ever. No. Con- uh, <laughs> everybody, left, right, middle, everybody uh, drinks. Even, <laughs> even alcoholics drink. Even AA people drink. <laughs> they don't, you know. Not ever, not all of them fall off the way. My brother told me somebody had their two people had their fiftieth anniversary of being sober and never falling off the wagon in fifty years. That's an exception. Uh Ian says Jack Ruby. You know what? Um Jack Ruby was definitely mobbed up. Jack Jack Ruby uh was he had so many connections that you don't know who uh now, I got Kelly saying I missed the suck, damn it. No, believe me, you're better off having missed the suck. This is not a pleasant suck, even though you might want to take some Schroudenfreude, uh seeing me suffer. Um, it was not a pleasant suck. It, it was one of those things where it was like, um, I don't know, watching... Like watching a guy swim trying to get away from a shark and the shark eats him. <laughs> that video from last week uh, from the Russian guy in Egypt, that's what my, my live stream uh, was like last night. Uh, so, uh, oh, well, enjoy your trip to the store, Becky. Thanks for stopping by. It's Friday morning, and most people are happy that it, with Friday. And I generally... Uh, you know, gig, it means gigs. It means the, the weekend. Here's the thing. Last night, 12 o'clock at night, Mikey uh, texted me. Can you send a flyer for tomorrow night's gig? Can you send a flyer to the, the venue for to promote our gig for tomorrow night? Like we have events out there. We I don't we, I don't have a flyer. So, and we've got our people all know about it. Our website, our mailing list gets all the information. I put it on social media. Everybody who we're, who's going to come to see us on our side from the band's following already knows about it. The people that need to be concerned about it are the restaurant or venue, club, whatever it is. Uh, they're loyal patrons need to know about it now that shouldn't be on me but at midnight on a thursday night to be putting together a flyer for a saturday night gig i think people think oh you can just pull one out of your ass it only takes a second maybe some really fast graphic artists could do it like in a half hour or so but for me to do a flyer, it's a couple of hours work. And you ask me at midnight on a Thursday night to do work to promote a gig on Saturday. That's already been promoted. People know about it. It's going to be packed anyway. Why are you wasting my time? Why Why are you abusing me? Anyway, I don't know how I got on that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... Yeah, so Robert F. Kenny, I am really, uh, I'm, I'm curious about that, and I do think. Listen, I, I hate to say that shit. I hate to say that I think his family would be better off if he just stays where he is. His, the last thing the Kennedy family needs is to complete three on a match. You know, one more Kennedy gets assassinated, and I could see the whole clan loot losing their fucking minds i mean fool me once jack gets assassinated that's a tragedy everybody in the family is and listen they were mafia joe kennedy the dad was mobbed up they were hard people it's not like they were 
not accustomed to killing. It's not like that, you know, murder was, was something new to them. Joe Kennedy was mobbed up as mobbed up as anybody could be. Um, but Jack Kennedy gets assassinated. And that's a tragedy for the family, especially the children at that time who did who weren't aware of their family's, you know, rich history of being criminal. Okay. And then Bobby gets assassinated. Now, you would think, pack it in, no more politics for us. We're gonna go back into the bootlegging business or <laughs> whatever whatever other businesses they have going. Ketchup. Uh, whatever they do, let's do that instead. No, well, Teddy goes into politics like, you two brothers, are you? But now a generation later, and so, somebody, and I'm sure he thinks he's taking precautions. I'm sure, you know, looking over your shoulder, that ain't going to do it because, and I hate to be super conspiratorial here, I I really do. I don't want to be like Alex Jones. I don't want I don't want to be one of those people. But you can't trust anybody if the CIA is after you. You can't trust your brother. You can't trust your mother. You can't trust anybody. They will get to somebody close enough to you that you can look over your shoulder all day long and not see that the killer is standing right next to you and always has been. It sounds deep and dark, but that's the truth of you're talking to somebody or listening to somebody who's touched that world. And I, I don't say that like uh, to, to impress anybody. I was the extre- at the lowest of the low level employees for the United States government when I worked for them. But I do know how shady it can be and how backstabbing and how I saw firsthand how people couldn't trust their best friends. They couldn't trust your brother. You couldn't trust your mother. That's how they can get to people. So, you know what? He thinks he's he's going to protect himself against that. He's crazy. He's just crazy. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that that means assassination while running like his father had. But at some point, if he won, if he looks like he could win, see, that was the point with with his father. Until his father looked like he could actually win, he was safe. The minute uh, he won California, that was a big one. That was a big one. That was one that said, hey, wait a minute. We could be looking at another President Kennedy. And then he has the power or or some power to try to hold the people who killed his his uncle or his his brother. <laughs> so he had had the power to investigate his brother. Remember, Bobby was the attorney general when his brother was shot and then squeezed out by Johnson. So he had no power to investigate any of that stuff. And now, wait a minute, he could become president. And then he has the power again to kind of make a mess of things and destroy CIA is a very complex beast in some respects it is there and it is important for the safety of us all and the other expect it's the most evil thing and it's the most dangerous thing to us all um, I don't know what the answer is, by the way. If, if you're looking, waiting for me to have some pearls of wisdom, like what to do about the CIA, uh, I got nothing. And I don't think anybody can ever. I think it's so far down the line that they are so protected within their own intelligence community, uh, have built up a system where they're untouchable. They are the true... Those are true people, puppet, puppet masters in, in America. Those are the people who are really in charge. We can talk about the president and all these elections and all that stuff. 
nothing really matters as long as the CIA is really running stuff. And as long as the CIA is really running stuff, organized crime doesn't really ever go away. We talk, we hear the mafia has been destroyed or Cosa Nostra has been destroyed. They're still around. They're just in the shadows a lot more. They are uh, not as big as and as uh, powerful as they once were, uh, but they're still there. They're, and not necessarily Italian. <laughs> it's less Italian than it ever was, I can tell you that, but that doesn't mean it's disappeared. Uh, a lot of Russian. Um, maybe I should shut up. <laughs> not that they would uh, give a fuck that I'm saying, because they know nobody believes. Uh, nobody, nobody would take me seriously enough for them to be threatened by me. Uh, yeah, uh, ignorance uh, is bliss. Is 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 really the way to go there, especially not just the CIA, uh, the mob stuff too. All that stuff. You really don't want to know too much. Uh, and unfortunately, knowledge is not power in in that situation. There is no uh, no recourse. There's nothing you can do against organized crime or against uh, the intelligence beast, which the CIA is at the top of the pyramid. They're not the only ones there. But there's nothing we can do about it. So you might as well be a happy idiot, right? I don't know. This is not good news on a Friday morning. This is why I'm beaten down. Well, I'm also beaten down because uh, up late last night, uh, the music stream was a fucking disaster, which uh, I'm really disappointed in that. And listen, I'm not, again, I'm going to be a broken record here. I'm not disappointed in that. Uh, I draw a crowd. I didn't have any, because any, like, well, the, the people I advertise to, um, come on. I'm not disappointed by that at all. I'm disappointed in myself in the performance and what I was able to, couldn't even talk, couldn't even play guitar, songs I played a billion times, uh, couldn't see, couldn't feel. The sound was off. It was just horrible. And that's going to stick with me. Uh, I don't recover. I'm not a, and this is why I've never uh, had any success in, in comedy. I don't recover well from bombing. I don't. One bad gig uh, can set me into a funk for a while. I think you need to have a, a special temperament to, to actually do anything in comedy you have to be and i Patton oswald uh, last night i was uh caught a short video um uh, Patton oswald talking about everybody wants everybody wants to be funny everybody thinks they're funny everybody thinks they are entitled they have the right to be funny and he's talking about the difference between professional comedians and people who think they're funny i think a lot of people are funny but not professionally funny not able to perform for strangers in comedy setting, you know, stand-up comedy setting as a professional and, pre and do pro professional presentation of comedy material. But that's not to say every, people aren't funny. I think I know lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of funny people. And funny is always subjective, right? So where that came from was, Again, back on the Matt Riff thing, uh, Rife, Matt Rife, Riff, Rife, Rife, Riff, Riffity, Riffity, Rife. Uh, I had said something on Facebook about a week ago about Matt Rife is truly funny. And because uh, I did watch two specials that he has out. And um, The comparisons to Dane Cook had bothered me because people were saying he's just the next Dane Cook. Now, Dane Cook blew up for a short period of time. He was selling out like Madison Square Garden. He was big. But that wasn't based on talent. That wasn't based on him really being funny 
or um, great in any way. It was based on his my being MySpace savvy in a time where nobody else was using social media to promote themselves in that kind of way. And he blew up among young people. But it didn't take long. The downfall of Dane Cook was not that he got caught being a joke thief, which he did get caught being a joke thief, and not just from Louis C.K. The downfall, uh, a couple of things. He he went into movies. His movies bombed. His album sales tanked. And the people who bought tickets to the Madison Square Garden shows and, and the arena shows that he was doing, young people who spent enough money the first time because they knew him from MySpace. Oh, this guy's going to be great. And then they went there and they left disappointed. That was not worth my, and at that time, $150, $200, whatever these kids had to save up to go see him. And the natural gravity of all that brought Dane Cook down that back down to earth. Now, he's not, his career isn't over. He's still very well. He's still doing comedy. He's still doing, mostly I think he does, um, he's been relegated to like the old-fashioned Borscht Belt type of gig. Now, I'm not saying he's playing the Catskills all completely. I mean, but he's traveling the country playing those types of places that have an established membership. People like you know, go to the, the venues no matter who's there, and he's just a weekly entertainment there. And he's still doing well for himself. Listen, financially, uh, I would trade places with Dane Cook in a heartbeat right now. He, it's not like his career is over. It's not like he totally tanked. But so the comment I made was with Matt Wright, it was unfair for people to compare him to Dane Cook. He's funnier than Dane Cook ever was, and he's more original. Now, there's one guy who was a Dane Cook fan, and he wants to fight with me. He wants to argue with me on Facebook. Like, And listen, my life is, and the time I have left is too short to argue with people on social media. It just is. I don't. The clock is ticking, and it's like, hey, what? What are you gonna do with your life? You're gonna make music. You're gonna you create a podcast. You're gonna write books. You're gonna do what you're gonna do, or do you want to spend that time arguing with a fucking stranger on social media? Gee, I'm gonna pick argue with a total stranger on. No, I'm not. And you're entitled to your opinion that. Dane Cook was original. Now, what he was saying, and this is how I got to the video, Pat Oswalt was kind of dissecting um, Joke Thief and, and um, Cryptonesia. Is that what it's called? Cryptonesia? The idea where you, you can have heard a joke uh, and liked it and then forget that you heard it from somebody else and actually believe it's yours? Eh, I don't buy into that. That's a convenient excuse for for doing other people's material. I really don't buy into that at all. But you'd have to... You'd have to, like, really black out um, all memory of where you heard that. You can't... I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'd love to hear you guys in the chat room. You want to share your opinions on this? You think cryptonesia, the idea that you can hear a joke and forget that you didn't come up with that joke, and then a couple of months go by or a couple of days go by in some instances, and you think, oh, I got an idea for a joke. And it's that same joke that you heard that you forgot that you heard that you loved. Is that a real thing? And is that a, uh, a valid excuse for being a joke thief? Not in my... I've never... Never experienced anything close to that. I will say, with, with writing songs, there are times where I have said, that sounds familiar. Did I, am I coming up with this? Or who am I stealing this from? And almost... 1,000% of the time I can find out where the influences came from and if it's too close to somebody else's song uh, and where I got it from. It's never... <laughs> I heard uh, John Mayer 
do a song and I really liked it. And then the next day I went back and wrote that exact same song and claimed it as mine. I forgot that John Mayer did it. Oh, I think I, is that actually a possible thing? I don't think so. Um, Oh, uh, Dane likes underage girls. Is that a fact? I mean, I think he likes young women. I'm not sure underage. Am I wrong about this? See, see, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I am out of touch about this stuff. I know about Crystalia, and not really. I don't know all the facts about Crystalia, but I, that's a guy I know. Uh, likes underage girls. Uh, Dane Cook, I just thought, like, he's a 50-year-old married to a 22 or 23-year-old, or 50-plus, 50 55-year-old married to a 22-year-old, or whatever he is. Um, I don't know. Uh, if he likes underage girls, that's kind of weird, uh, as long as he's not doing anything about it, not touching them, not breaking any laws. If he's sending them dick pics, he needs a smack. Uh, yeah, you know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't want to go all the way on that stuff. But there, by the way, Brian Callen was the name I was desperately trying to remember yesterday. The guy who works for Stephen Crowder right now and is uh, under his thumb, like a, a, there to be humiliated, there to be used. Brian Callen is another guy who was accused of those things being part of that whole me too uh inappropriate stuff with very young girls and whatever uh he met his wife when she was 15 whoa uh and so that would make him in his 40s or something that is pretty creepy that is pretty creepy uh if that's a fact now i won't for the disclaimer part here, I will say uh, that's Kelly saying that, not me saying that. I don't know that for a fact, but I, you know, I think Kelly knows she's pretty tuned into this stuff. Uh, anyway, how the fuck did I get here? How did how did I get here? I've been just talking and talking and talking. I don't have a guest, obviously today. Uh, yeah, that's what I. Brian Callen was also outed for being too handsy with women. And, again, I don't know the facts about that, but I believe that is absolutely true. Well, I shouldn't say I know that to be absolutely true. I don't know that to be I know that was the claim. I know that it's absolutely true that that's the claim, and I believe I believe the people who made those claims. That's all uh, I'll say about that. And I, never, I don't think Brian Callum was ever really that funny. I've seen some of his work. Uh, on YouTube, and I didn't, I didn't find him funny at all. But now he's working for Steven Crowder, and that—that that was the point I was making yesterday about all these comedians who go. And I would love to get David. Here I go, not finishing my sentences again. All the comedians who go and allow themselves to sell themselves out for the paycheck of working for Steven Crowder. I don't understand the money behind Steven Crowder, why he is as big as he is, why he, there's so much money in him and his crazy, stupid opinions. Crazy, stupid opinions. That people will get behind him with money, $50 million a year to do his dopey show and espouse things like mar a divorce should be illegal. Well, if you marry somebody and you realize that they are a pedo or whatever, they you realize that this is just not for me. I don't like this person. I want out. The law should require you to stay married. This is his opinion because his wife figured out that he's an abusive, uh, toxic person and she wants a divorce from him. And he would like to, he would like the law to mandate that she not get a divorce and continue to love him. If that's not a dopey opinion, so I don't understand where where <laughs> uh, where Crowder gets his appeal to people that are willing to spend millions to employ him and and to keep him his show on. And the point I was making about Count is he's one of several who have come under the thumb of Stephen Crowder and uh, just. 
he just abuses him. He's an abusive boss, an abusive an egomaniac, and it's always all about him and uh, insecure to let the comedians he hires be themselves and actually be funny. Kind of like Howard Stern was with both Jackie and, and Artie, uh, but to a, a much higher degree. So I don't understand that, but Callan, I don't think, was ever funny. Dave Landau is who was the former guy who who allowed that to happen to himself. This is somebody I would love to get on the program and talk to. And I think that I have a chance to do that. I'm going to do my best. I have started to, to try to do that. Here's what I want to talk to Landau about, because I know Landau might be a conservative. He might be somewhat to the right, but he's not the insane radical right winger that Crowder is. And very few people are. I mean, you go, I don't know, Alex Jones. I don't know. I don't want to go down that road. Uh, <laughs> that looks like a dead end, that road. Uh, but so I know Landau is kind of more towards the middle. He's kind of centrist. He leans right. And I would love to talk to him about how he, how much money does it take for you, first of all, to become associated with somebody who is that far, who divides the world, somebody who is not looking to bring people together, not looking for common ground on anything, somebody who is definitely only appealing to one side of the spectrum and not even caring at all or caring, but not looking, not looking to make friends. He cares what the left thinks. He he wants to be hated by the left. Why would you put yourself in that position? How much money does it take for you to say, as a working comedian, I'm going to cut off half my audience and and allow him to not only humiliate you and abuse you. But for from the Landau situation, what I know is, I know this for a fact, that Landau would be doing a weekend someplace, you know, performing, and Crowder would insist that he open up for him and be part of the show. And because Crowder was his boss and paying him, I guess, very good money, he caved to that. That, wow. Uh, I am trying to get uh, Dave Landau on. I, I, did I just say that? <laughs> I might not have. I don't know. It's early for me, and I'm shut. Uh, and so you know, basically, I would like to, now it, it could get confrontational, and I don't. I'm don't have any malice to Dave Landau. I think he's probably a good guy, and but and I don't want to attack him, but and I'm certain certain that it would come off feeling like an attack. Listen, if somebody says, how did you sell your soul <laughs> to go work for this guy? You're going to feel attacked. So I, how I put that in language and uh, that doesn't feel like I'm looking for a fight with the guy and I'm not looking for a fight. I want to understand how anybody could prostitute themselves to be Stephen Crowder's bitch. Because I don't think, again, he is so far right. I don't think that most most people who are really caring about um, political discourse really want to be associated with him. Unless you want to divide. Unless you want half the country to hate you. Unless you want one side to totally hate you and you're not only um, not caring that they like you, you really actively want to want them to hate you. You want to you want to come out and just say that they are the devil, they are Satan, or whatever Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world are, uh, paint uh, people who disagree w- with her as uh, um, pedophile, Satanist, rapist, um, Satanist, whatever. All of those things. Yeah, I guess uh, Ian must have followed that 
crowd a show because you know Landau wasn't allowed to promote his own stand-up shows. He wasn't allowed to be funny. You know, you hire a com- comedian. But you want them to be funny? No, I think Crowder wanted to hire a comedian to have them laugh at his jokes to validate his own insecurity about his terrible comedy. Not even comedy. It's a weak attempt at comedy. I think I could do better. And I'll find out. I'll find out if I could do better than Crowder. How about that? Is that a challenge for me? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Anyway, I've been talking for almost an hour. Can you believe that? I wake up tired, beat down, ready to just stick my head in the oven. And then I talk for like an hour. Maybe I love to hear the sound of my own voice. Maybe I have a problem with myself. Maybe I'm an egomaniac. Can you? Is that possible? Me? No, I, I ride the fence between full of complete self-doubt and, and conviction that I'm right. <laughs> I, I, uh, Kelly asked me this morning if I'm mad. If mad means insane, that definition definitely applies. Um, but I do think, you know, uh, people say, some people in the chat room saying I could do, but, um, there are probably, I doubt, I'm going to say family members and friends who saw me try 30 years ago who probably would disagree. <laughs> no, don't do that anymore. Brett Erickson told me not to, not to do stand-up comedy, uh, not to even try. And um, I don't know what his exact motivation for that, but I, I do believe Brett's a good guy, and I think he was trying to protect me. <laughs> it's somewhat. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you definitely don't um, have the disposition to be able to recover from a bomb, from bombing, from a disappointing gig, maybe, uh, maybe he was just trying to protect me from my own shortcomings. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, oh, I see. Rogan is trending now. It has to be about this. Uh, our our fk jr thing uh and i definitely want to hear that who got three hours though see this stuff is meant for when you when you're on a uh long drive but to sit home and pull up spotify and watch a three-hour interview with a guy who was definitely conspiratorial both of them are conspiratorial minded rogan and R, uh, rfk jr now I have pretty small tolerance for conspiracy theories to begin with. But uh, Rogan, I don't think he, I think he has an agenda to try to uh, validate his own conspiracy theories with a lot of guests, which is why you see the kind of people he has on, Alex Jones. And I'm looking at the body language here now. The body language is interesting. Uh, there's a clip playing on right now on YouTube that I'm watching. And uh, RFK Jr. is doing this while answering questions. Uh, I'm sure it's not cold in that studio. This is definitely a sign of uh, cover-up. Uh, keeping my cards close to my vest. It is de- nobody. If, if somebody's talking to you like this and it's not cold and not chilly, it's it's it is a subconscious thing that says don't say too much, don't reveal too much. Uh, no, I'm not like I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting you're locked out, man. This is this is the door, and there's only so much I'm going to allow in and out. And he's doing that hard for this entire clip. Um, and even when he comes out to make a point with his hands, goes right back to this. That. It will be interesting. I'm going to listen to it. But three hours, I'm not going to sit home and watch it online. I'm surprised daily when people hang with me for 10 minutes or more. I see somebody who hasn't bailed after 10 minutes of... Now, I have some good guests on that are compelling that would I am interested in. I can stick with for 
but I'm talking to them and I'm listening to them and interacting with one on one. I couldn't imagine why, uh, how that feels on on the listener end, and how the hell I'm not boring the fuck out of everybody. Uh, but I'm grateful for that people do come daily and and listen. Don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful for that. I just uh, I. Well, I'm really curious about this stuff. Um, I don't have the time to do it all. So I'm going to have to, tomorrow I have a gig that is um, an hour away. So I'll listen to an hour going there and an hour coming back. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what it's like. Anyway, very curious about that. Yeah, I couldn't. I'd un unalive myself as a as a close as the closer if no one laughed. Uh, you mean being on stage and <sighs> not so much that nobody laughs at, at a joke. It's when you do two or three jokes. You know, one joke fails; it, it doesn't land. You, you can make fun of it. And you say, "Oh well, I guess that one sucked." Okay, you don't like that one. One more, and but the more you try to keep a sense of humor about it, and people are still not laughing, and then people start looking at angry, like, "When's the next guy coming on?" And you, you it's <laughs> it's a natural phenomenon for you to start to sweat a little bit. Then, uh, and even if they don't see it, you realize you're sweating now. That sweat that you feel will compound your insecurity. Uh-oh. I hope they don't see that I'm sweating here. And then they, they they know they got me. I'm then then I'm a deer in the headlights. And it just compounds itself. Um that's that's the feeling. Now I have worked through that a number of times where I thought I was bombing for the first few minutes and then won them over. And uh, but still the memory of the first few minutes where the fear starts to set in, am I fucking just humiliating myself here again? That feeling will stick with you even more than, yeah, I turned it around and they, they liked me at the end. And, and who doesn't want to be liked? Everybody wants to be liked. Nobody wants to be hated or, <laughs> or thought of as a dick. <laughs> Cause it's hard to keep empathy, even if you've been there. I went to, I took my wife to a comedy show because the late Frankie, I'm just going to say his name, uh, not not meaning to talk ill about the dead. My friend Frankie, who was doing stand-up, asked, he had a big show coming up, and uh he asked all his friends to go. Now I brought my wife and I brought a couple of other friends and there were eight comics on the bill and not one of them. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Not one of them got a single laugh. It was uh, two hours. of. Is anybody going to say anything funny? The room was really quiet. Bomb after bomb after bomb. And I had, I was feeling it. I was definitely feeling it for them. Like, oh my God. Ten minutes into the show, uh, the douche chills, as I call them. (laughs) Douche chills were so heavy that I I just wanted to leave because I couldn't stand the embarrassment I was feeling for them. And it just compounded and got worse and worse and worse. So you feel it. But at some point, you got you're also part of the audience and you're like really disappointed and you're hopeful you're hopeful it's there's going to be the next one next guy who comes on next woman who comes on it's going to be somewhat funny give you something to not walk out of here and we were in the parking lot and i remember uh richie guy who looks like me he looked at me and said what the fuck was that (laughs) i know it felt like a poetry open night open mic night where where it was all seriously depressing poetry <laughs> this is was this a comedy club what the fuck did we just um witness it, it was it was awful but you know 
there's two sides of that. There's the audience. Wow, that was awful. And then there's the green room where people are in the back looking for razor blades. <laughs> uh, it's not fun. So I'm not really uh, I'm I'm not really inspired to to really because every time. I think I got like a really good bit and I don't write it down and I'm sure I'll remember it. There's one that William Conway told me, you gotta, you gotta do this story. It's fucking great. And I, I remember him saying that. And I remember thinking that that's why I told the story. I thought it was really hysterical. And I remember him saying, you gotta do this story like an open mic or something. Fucking great. I remember that, but I don't have a fucking clue about what it was. <laughs> what the story was, what it's got. I, I'm sure it's on tape somewhere, but you know, with me, um, and uh, I was thinking about this the other day, I have 5,000 hours of content on tape. Now, I know the general time frame where it was on, so like it narrows it down somewhat, but there's a lot of content for me to sit through to try to find stuff. It's not like this stuff is uh, easily searchable either. It's just audio or video stuff. It's it's not like MetaTag where I could say, uh, look for the phrase, oh, you got to do this and help me locate whatever the hell it was. Uh, So I don't know. Anyway, I hope you enjoy your Friday. Thanks for getting up with me. Thanks for being part of this. Next week, I promise you, will be a good week. Uh, I'm really looking forward uh, to Doc Peterson on uh, Tuesday. Doc is looking like he could beat me and Joe Rogan up at the same time. Doc is looking incredibly fit. I mean, his shirt's fitting tight, the muscles bulging out. Uh, but he's also got the glove on the finger ready to poke it up your ass. So um, there's that. Anyway, Doc will be here Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, Ruthie Ferrer will be here on June 19th, which is Monday, uh, Juneteenth. Uh, and she's a very funny young lady, and you'll you'll enjoy her. And then Sherry Jacobus would, in the second hour on Tuesday, uh, will be a very, uh, if you care about the human side of uh, the political game, not the politics. You know what? It's it's not going to be about politics. It's going to be about the doggy dog, the the things that go beyond the gone beyond the scenes, where trying to destroy the opposition's life. And she's got an incredible story about that. And I think that will be very interesting. You know, to, to try to branch out a little bit, just a little bit away from the pure comedy aspect of it to give some people some human interest stories. That's what I'm doing. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Anyway, I appreciate you being here. I didn't even play any commercials today because I'm just, that's where my mind is at. Uh, I'm going to sign off now, say goodbye. I hope you enjoy your issues with Andy uh, Friday. There is an episode due out in about two hours from now. I'm going to check out. Don't forget to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 